Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Inside the Five. It's Sav. And it's Griff. And today we're going to be recapping week 11 of the NFL season. What do you say, Griff? Let's do it. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're going to get things kicked off right away with a pretty good matchup between the Chicago Bears and the Atlanta Falcons. Justin Fields, who has been on an absolute tear, finally seems to calm down. But did he really? As he throws for 153 yards, he runs for 85, throws for one, runs for one touchdown as well. Marcus Mariota, that college-styled offense, a big run-heavy game in general. Marcus Mariota gets it done, 27-24, Stav. Opening thoughts on this game and, and on Justin Fields for the rest of the season with Chicago being 3-8 and eight now. Well, all Chicago really has going for them right now is Justin Fields. Like, mm-hmm. you look at his surrounding cast, it's okay, right? You have Chase Claypool, you have Darnell Mooney, you have Cole Komet, and they're all kind of stepping up. I mean, Mooney caught a touchdown. Komet made a great grab. But you really haven't heard much from Claypool as he went for two for 11 yards. Um but with that being said, it's all Justin Fields, right? It's the Justin Fields show. You need to boost his confidence even though they lose. He has to walk away from this season being like, all right, this is a team I want to be a part of, right? And, I mean, the last three weeks we've seen historical numbers out of him just running the ball and throwing. He's done everything he can to will this team to victory. It's just this defense lets him down late, and he makes some crucial mistakes like throwing that late interception, which cost him the game, I believe. And – it's tough. I mean, I, I like Justin Fields. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's one of the – I think he is the best quarterback out of that draft class in 2021 as of right now. I, I okay. mean, it's it's Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, or yeah. Mac Jones or him. Yeah. So, let's – I'm going to take Fields out of all of them. But that's not really what we're talking about. I feel bad for Justin Fields, right? I, I think that they took two steps backwards and one step forward when they traded away Roquan Smith and just got like Chase Claypool in another trade and traded away a second-round pick. So, I feel bad. That that's my final remarks on Justin Fields. 
No, and, and you're right, because it's the thing is, we've been saying since the beginning of the season, when, when the Bears weren't throwing the ball at all. Remember, I, I want to say it was the first game or, or week two even, he had 11 passing attempts. He's gotten that kind of up. In this game, he threw 21 times. He ran the ball 18 times for 85 yards in this game, and we've seen how electric he can be on his feet. But I still want to see him pass the ball a little bit more. I mean, you're going up against the team that likes to run as well and a team that has a lockdown corner. But other than that, their secondary really isn't that good. AJ Terrell is really the bright spot of that defense in general. Other than that, they don't have much on that side, Atlanta's, Atlanta-wise. So I, I would like to see Justin Fields in these opportunities, especially with a team that isn't going to make the playoffs. I mean, there's no chance. They're 3-8. and eight. I would like to see him kind of expand his game, kind of reach deeper into his bag and see what he has in the pocket or even, you know, scrambling out, getting it, getting it done outside the pocket, still letting go of the ball and giving it to his receivers because the the person who led in receptions this game was Darnell Mooney. He only had four receptions. I mean, there, there's got to be a couple of guys, and I like Darnell Mooney a lot. I think he's a guy that can get six, seven receptions a game, and he, he's not a true wide receiver one, just body type, but he is a guy. He He's the most trusted receiver in this receiving core by far. I would just like to see the playbook from Chicago open up a little bit more. But how about we talk about the team that actually won the game here? Yeah. Um, the Atlanta Falcons put on a great game. Um, and Cordero Patterson setting the all-time record for most kickoff returns in a career with nine. He had a 103-yard kickoff return. I feel like right when he grabbed that ball, we all knew, mm-hmm. I mean, where he was going with it, right down the middle into the end zone that was electric and um actually wait before i get off chicago i do have one fun fact um shout out cairo santos he missed his first field goal of the season he was 100 wow. until he missed that field goal that was my fun fact that i had so. and that's kind of crazy because this was like probably the best conditions he could possibly play and they play yeah. soldier field yep. that field is known for windy conditions obviously chicago is the windy city but that, that's hilarious <laughs> yeah well see the thing is I, th- I want to say it was to end the half. They just threw him out there for like a 62-yarder when he was 100% on the season, trying to kind of water down his numbers for free agency, I think. But, I mean, it's sad to see the 100% go. But Atlanta, at 5-6, and six, still easily in playoff contention due to the NFC South being what it is. Um, but a big hit Atlanta took this week as word came in that Kyle Pitts, who actually didn't do too bad in this game, with three receptions, 43 yards, he's been kind of sl- a very slow season so far. His season might be over, Stav, as he tore his MCL. Um, yeah. You know, it's tough. The sophomore slump hits sometimes, and sometimes it hits in just the way you play, and sometimes it hits with your health. And, and it's a tough look for Kyle Pitts after not having a great season. He's probably done for the season. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, it's really just bounce back for him. The Falcons aren't really out of it in that NFC South race. That's the only way that they can make the playoffs. I, I mean, not statistically, but that's their only real shot at winning or making it into the playoffs is that they win the division. And losing yeah. your number one pass catcher on your team probably, um, that hurts. And I know this is kind of a college-style offense where they run a lot of a lot of read option run plays, quarterback runs, quarterback pattern, whatever you call it. But having Kyle Pitts is just a threat. That you can't replace necessarily. He he's a playmaker, regardless of the stats that he's put up. And when you when it's when you're down four and you need a touchdown, I guarantee Mariota is looking for Kyle Pitts. But stinks for them. 
he's going to bounce back. I, I think this year is kind of just a sophomore slump type season. Exactly. Um, they didn't really surround – this is going to sound weird, but they didn't really sound surround Kyle Pitts with an offense where he could succeed or put him in position to succeed, which is unfortunate because he is one of the best young pass catchers in the league. He's a receiver playing tight end. He could probably be the next Travis Kelsey if he keeps it up and stays healthy. Um, sucks. I mean, you hate to see injuries, You especially you hate to see young players – who really aren't having a great season go down because that just kills confidence. No, I mean, you're right. And not only is this Falcons team interesting because of, you know, their use or lack of use of Kyle Pitts, but this is an offense that, I mean, in my opinion, at least has options, right? Drake London is their rookie first round pick. And I'm a big fan of Drake London. He's a big physical receiver. He makes plays. You get the ball in his hands, and he can figure it out. He had a touchdown in this game off of only one reception, and it was a two-yard reception. He's a red zone threat. And then you add that to Kyle Pitts. And then you have, I mean, Demir Bird, who is kind of a low-key guy, along with Olamita Zacchaeus. I mean, those are guys that can make plays. Speed. You're in a run-heavy offense. So, I mean, it's kind of tough to get the ball to them. But, I mean, Mariota going 13 for 20, throwing for one touchdown. That's exactly what he needed to do. and. Atlanta improves to five and six. And I mean, they're, they're well on their way. I mean, that NFC South is wide open. They're good at home. They're four and two at home. That's something you can't really take lightly. No. Um, who do they have this week? They have the, the commanders this week. That's actually a big game for mm. playoff implications. Washington's mm-hmm. favored by four. We'll, we'll get into that later in the next episode that comes out. But yeah, I mean, the Falcons are frisky, right? Like you don't want to face the Falcons on a good day for them. I mean, Kyle Pitts being hurt sucks, but I mean, Mariota, Mariota's doing his job. Like he's not, he didn't turn the ball over, threw for a touchdown, had 180 total, or I'm sorry, 150 total yards of offense, a little over. So Falcons are they're doing their thing, right? They're, they seem like they're a well-coached team and they, they just do their job. They compete in every game and that's all you can really ask for. You're right. Next game on the slate, we have really a snooze fest in this one. It was the Carolina Panthers at the Baltimore Ravens. I really don't have much to say about this game, um, other than the fact that Baker Mayfield's career is probably done, right? Like, the, he stinks. You'd think. You, you he, would he think. Um, he's not going to get another opportunity. No, and, and I feel like Baltimore at 7-3, and three, a lot of their wins are like this. It, it was a very windy day in Baltimore if you want to – have something to, you know, kind of water down the score of this game. But you're right. Baker looked terrible. Um, He was – I mean, yeah, there's not much to say about this game. The run game from Carolina, which is what they're trying to focus on, even once they traded CMC, was awful in this game. They couldn't throw the ball. Baltimore did just enough to win this game 13-3. And and my big takeaway from this game was Baltimore didn't look good either. Mm Mm-mm. But I don't have much more to say about it. No, they really don't have – their run game is kind of lacking. Uh, they, I, they really do miss J.K. Dobbins. It's kind of weird to say that because people yeah. really wrote him off. But how important he is to this offense is crazy because he just allows Lamar to be more of a run, a threat running the ball. He threw the ball okay, but those are kind of inflated stats. You know, if we're, we're just looking at the box score. It's 24-33 for 209 yards and a pick, no touchdowns. It's like, okay, that's not a terrible day. He threw for over 200. But – 128 of those coming from Demarcus Robinson, which is kind of someone you wouldn't really expect. But 
the receivers aren't really great for Baltimore. The Bengals are creeping up. They're getting more healthy by the week. Um, The the AFC North is really up for grabs between those two teams. Uh, The Browns and the the Steelers are out of it probably. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how this division shapes out, especially because Baltimore is seven and three. The Bengals are what? Six and five, seven and four, something along those lines where it's it's going to come down to one or two games. You know, both teams are probably going to make the playoffs, but I really do think that the Bengals are better right now. And the Panthers are just done. They're they're done. Yeah, I, yeah, it's the NFC South which is wide open. I'd say that's the about wow, that was a big stutter. <laughs> about the only team that can't make it in the Panthers. And I mean the Ravens at 7 and 3. I think there's a team that is obviously going to make the playoffs. I I agree with you though. The Bengals are better than them. And the Bengals, who are sitting at six and four right now, are right mm-hmm. there with them. Um, it, it's going to be tough to not vote the Bengals. Go, oh, did I say Panthers? I would say, I would say, uh, it's it's going to be tough to not pick the Bengals going down the stretch to win the NFC North. In my opinion, I think it's not only J.K. Dobbins. I just think it's the lack of weapons that Lamar Jackson truly has, especially with the with the production of Mark Andrews going down. I mean, he hasn't been doing great at all this season. It, it, it's been a tough look, and they're at seven and three. And in my opinion, they're one of the worst seven and three teams, or if not the worst seven and three team in the league. I would take the Giants over them. I would take the Cowboys over them. Um, that we'll get into it, but the Cowboys are are awesome. And and, and I and I would I, I would say the closest comparable seven and three team to them is the Titans right now. The Titans are seven and three. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Um, I feel like I knew that. It's just surprising to hear. Yeah. I mean, the Titans always do that. They do it every year. They, they're gonna, nobody cares about they're that. They're going to fuck around and end up as the one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's what they did last year. Yeah. Nobody. And then they lost to the Bengals. Yep. All right. Um, next game on the slate. Let's move on from that game. That was, it was a snooze fest. Um, Cleveland at Buffalo in Detroit. Yep. Um, this was a good game in the first half. You know, the Browns started off hot. They were, they went up 14, nothing. Um, or I'm sorry. They went up. No, they didn't go up 14, nothing. They went up like 10 to three with the ball. They, they went up and 10 they, to three. Yeah. They were supposed to do more than, and okay. Yeah, that's right. I just have to refresh myself. Um, but I mean, Josh Allen did his thing. The running game for Buffalo is scary. Now that they can run the ball. This team is a lot more dangerous. I mean, you had Singletary, 18 carries, 86 yards. James Cook, 11 carries, 86 yards. Josh Allen didn't even throw for over 200 yards in Detroit. Maybe they were kind of preserving him for, and I was kind of battling his elbow injury and whatnot. They probably don't have that on the injury report, but that's probably what they were doing. Um, Short travel week when it wasn't supposed to. It's a weird type of game. Uh, Dawson Knox went off. I mean, they did what they were supposed to do against the Browns. Browns aren't really good. Uh, the Bills are seven and three as well. Another seven and three team. Yeah, and you're right. Talking about that run game, Stav. It's the fact that they ran for 171 yards, and Josh Allen wasn't their first or second best rusher. That's something that we haven't seen since Josh Allen has been there, and, and, and it's been a lack of, you know, running backs in the system. And I think Devin Singletary has done a great job of holding down that running back one spot in Buffalo. And James Cook, the rookie, is someone that I've been looking to see if he can really, you know, 
break through and be that real power back guy that, that they use on first and second down instead of doing those little check downs. And against the Browns, who have a pretty good run defense, they ran all over them. And that, that was a big surprise from this week. Yeah. And on the opposite end of, of that spectrum where the Browns, who are known for running the ball, they didn't run at all well. I mean, they had 26 wow. attempts as a team with 80 Chubb's yards. Terrible. Nick Chubb went 14 for 19 yards. We haven't seen that in forever. Um, and his longest run was 12 yards. Yeah. So they shut him down. And mm-hmm. – but with that being said, Jacoby Brissett probably had the best game of his career. He went 28 or 41, 24, and three touchdowns. He's he's like, screw it. I mean, this is going to be my last start as a as a Brown. Let me go yep. sling it. And he just did that. And I mean, Mari Cooper went eight for 113 and two touchdowns. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 561 for a touchdown. This Browns team stinks, but at least they're putting up points, right? Like They have after, firepower. They, they have do. firepower. And who knows what – I don't think Deshaun's returning this year. I think they have a bye this week. They have a bye, and then Deshaun Watson returns. Yeah. So, I mean, this team very well could finish, what, 10-7 and seven if Deshaun Watson catches fire. I mean, looking at this, the road ahead for them, um, they have the Bucks, They have the Texans, Bengals, Ravens, Saints, Commanders, and Steelers. I take that back. They're not going to finish. <laughs> but – Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Still, they could they could be a challenging team. You don't want to face the They Browns. could find their way around 500 yeah. for sure. Yeah, and Deshaun, you don't want to give Deshaun Watson. I mean, he could very well suck. We haven't seen him play since 2020, but he's... You never know. You never know. He's getting paid for a reason. He's a good player on the field. But I then wrap <laughs> up that game. Um, let's yes. <laughs> move on to the next game, which is also kind of a snooze fest. We have the Commanders at the Texans. The Tech or Commanders won 23 to 10. The defense shot my, down the Texans. My lock of the week. This was your lock of the week. You can speak about it a little bit too. I, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. So as as this being my lock of the week, I actually watched a good amount of it. Um, I do have a few things that I want to say. Um, Gibson and Brian Robinson, this was their best game that they've played as a running back duo together. Taylor Heineke did all that he had to do going up against the Houston team where they were only favored by three and a half after beating the only undefeated team in the NFL. This was a big statement win. I mean, I, I feel like that spread was almost disrespectful and, I mean, the commies got it done. They're at six and five right now, and the NFC East is is the best division in football. 100%. Even though I'm gonna say I'm gonna say you can argue this, even though every team in the AFC East is currently in the playoffs, I think the NFC East is the best division in football. I agree. I mean, you go top to bottom. There's yeah. not really many holes in the NFC. Everybody's over 500. It's I mean the Eagles who are one loss, and then. The Cowboys, who are three losses, right? But they're, As, yeah, they're three losses, but I mean, same with the Giants. Yep. And then Washington, who's at six and five right now. I mean, they, they've been very impressive this season as a division. They have the best overall uh, record combined for a division. And Washington's 
found their quarterback. I think Taylor Heineke is their quarterback for the next three, four, five, maybe even five years. And, and it's crazy to see the, the path that he's taken at 29 years old now, you know, going to Old Dominion and then finding his way in the XFL, the U.S., all these different leagues. He, he was in the NFL for a little bit, got cut on practice squads. And it's the perfect example about um, any quarterback that, I mean, can do it, just needs to be in the right system. And I think Taylor Heineke is perfect under Ron Rivera. And 100%. He doesn't – he's fun, and he has that locker room, right? Everyone loves to yeah. play with him, and he – he does his job. He consistently does his job, and he wins games. And for Washington, that's really not a common theme with their pat previous quarterbacks. I mean, even with Carson Wentz, that was god awful. Not even yeah. I don't even think that they should have acquired him. I think that they should have just rode with Tanner, Taylor Haneke until he proved or he, until he proved that he wasn't able to do the job. And he's clearly able to do the job if they're going to run the ball and they're going to throw good passes. They have good receivers. I mean, Terry McLaurin's a yep. great receiver, and they have Curtis Samuel who. I mean, he didn't have a great game this week, but he he's a guy. Yeah, for who, a this game. yeah I mean, r- rushing, it's funny because you have your two stud running backs, like we mentioned, with Gibson and uh, B-Rob, and then randomly Curtis Samuel gets a rushing touchdown. But, I mean, they're just consistent, right? They're going to win games with defense, and Chase Young is activated off of the IR now, which is, it adds a whole different element to that defense. I mean, that's, that's a game record. He's a game wrecker, and if he's healthy and he's able to rush and do his job, that team could very well make the playoffs. Uh, I mean, I agree 100%. I could see every team in that East making the playoffs. It's going to be tough, though. It's always tough to get a whole division in there. Um, But, you know, the Texans, I mean, I don't have much to say about them except for the fact that they're terrible. Um, I just want to ask one question before we move on to this next game about the Texans stuff. At one eight and one right now, they're projected the first pick. My guess is they're going to get it. Do mm-hmm. they take a quarterback or do they stay with Davis Mills and maybe take someone like a Will Anderson? I mean, it would be tough to take a middle linebacker at one. I don't think we've ever seen that, but he, yeah, he, I, Will Anderson has that potential. I think they take a quarterback, um, but you can't really blame Davis Mills for what's going on down there. I mean, he stinks or he's been playing bad this year, but you can't blame necessarily him. I mean, Brandon Cooks is the only receiver, and he's well as gone in the offseason. I assume that he's going to be traded probably the first day that you can trade in the offseason, which is randomly, I think, like the Super Bowl week for some reason. Like, you could just trade during the Super Bowl. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't understand <laughs> that, but um, they have a good running back. I mean, Damian Pierce got shut down this week, but he's there. I mean, they they have a lot of moves they need to make. But you can start with quarterback and have some something that uh, the fans can be excited about. Yeah, that I mean, I'm pretty sure that wraps yeah. up that game. Yeah. Uh, next game on our slate, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Indianapolis Colts. Eagles coming off of a short week and a loss against the newly coached or newly acquired coach Jeff Saturday, who Nick Sirianni just hates for some. I mean, I understand he's a big Frank Reich guy, but I, I think that's kind of uncalled for to call out. Jeff Saturday and that whole situation, it's none of his business. It's not like Frank Reich was a good coach. Frank Reich literally missed the playoffs three years straight or was on pace to. Um, and the Eagles barely won this game against a, a Colts team that they should have blown out. So I, I'm i kind of getting lower and lower on the Eagles as the day go, days go by. 
No, you're right, Stav. In a game that they only won by one point against a coach who was coaching for his second week ever, ever period, not not at any other level. Um, but it's kind of weird to see the way that <laughs> Jeff Saturday has brought this locker room around him. Kind of just as a guy, they I feel like they treat him just as a veteran, as someone that's still playing with them, and it's kind of worked. Nick Sirianni, who needed anything, something, anything from this game, didn't get it. And the Eagles are still at 9-1, and one, so it's not like they're in playoff trouble or anything. But I'd be nervous about the legitness of this team going forward. And they picked up a few guys in um, – I want to say they picked up Ndamukin Sue, right? Yeah, yeah Ndamukin Sue. Who was the other one? Linval Joseph. Linval Joseph to kind of help out that run defense that they've been struggling with. Um, you know, it, it, it's been very difficult, and they're playing in the toughest division – and you can't afford a one-point win against, I mean, almost a terrible Indianapolis Colts team. Jonathan Taylor finally got back on the ground, didn't get over 100, but didn't do too bad at all. And, and I mean, Matt Ryan threw the hell out of the ball today, or that day. Michael Pittman had a good game. It, it was – that defense is looking very scary. And A.J. Brown, who didn't do too good in this game either – that's somebody that you need to step up. He needs to be a true wide receiver one for this team if they really want to do anything. Yeah. Um, he's kind of – I mean, he went five for 60, but we're kind of used to seeing him going for over 100 yards and a touchdown. And he had a bad fumble. Yeah, last two weeks he hasn't really been playing up to his standards, I would say. But, I mean, the Colts are scrappy. I don't think that they'll make the playoffs just because it's too late now. It's four and six, and the AFC is way too competitive for like an under 500 team to sneak in. And now that we know the Titans are seven and three, so there's no really, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to even not only make the playoffs, but even like come close in the division. But with that being said, Jonathan Taylor is kind of back, 84 yards rushing in a touchdown. I mean, that first drive was awesome. Yeah. I watched that first drive. I was like, holy shit, the, the Colts might actually win this game. I mean, they almost did, but. Choked in the fourth quarter. Again, not, shots, yeah. yeah, not much. I mean, they scored with a minute left, the Eagles, and eh, whatever. It's things for the Colts, but it was a winnable game, and Nick Sirianni celebrated like he just won the Super Bowl. I know. that That's embarrassing. That's, that's the worst part of that game. Yeah, no coach should do that. Like, you're you're a head coach in the National Football League. You won by one point. And, and you're 8-1 and one at the time. You're playing yeah. against a team that's Three, six, or like, four, five, and one. At the I'm, I'm dying to find another coach that would, has ever done that. Like that. Yeah, that's not, maybe no, not even um, what's his name from Detroit because they've never had a winning season. Dan Campbell. So, uh, I don't think he would go into the opposing crowd and pump them up or like just be like, "That's yeah. your coach." Like, who, who are you? You didn't do anything. Like you. <laughs> You did nothing. Like it's a, it's one thing if the players do it. It's another thing if a head coach does it. That's just embarrassing. All right, whatever. Next game on our slate, we have my New England Patriots at home against the New York Jets, and this was another snooze fest. The um, only one play that was really important from this yeah. game, and everybody's been talking about it. Yeah, I mean, we'll say it. Punt return, Griff. How how often do we say special teams win the games? I mean, maybe five to six times a day. Yeah, it, it's special teams. Special teams wins games. You draft Marcus Jones, the best returner in college, to do what he did, and he won you a game. He, you spent a third-round pick on him. He won you a football game. That's that's well worth that third-round pick. Um, Zach Wilson sucks. He really does. He He's really the does. worst quarterback, I think, in the NFL. 
I mean, like, I, I think I just have a personal vendetta, but I hate Jared Goff. Even with the 31 points they put up, I still think he has no part in that. Yeah. It, I actually know he didn't have any part in that because we'll talk about that game and he, he yeah. didn't he didn't do anything to help them out. But Zach Wilson, he's just he doesn't make easy throws. He thinks he's way better than he is and he doesn't hold yes. himself accountable. Like if I'm a jet, I mean, even the Jets players are pissed off. And it's funny because like you'll see Sauce Gardner like a tweet saying Zach Wilson sucks. I'm shortening it down. And then <laughs> um He'll tweet out like 10 minutes later, like, uh, Jets Nation, y'all, I, that was a mistake. I didn't mean to like that. And then like 10 other players like it too. And they say they tweet the same thing. I didn't mean to like it. They clearly meant to like it. Like, how do you yes. not mean to like something on Twitter? I've never seen that before. Um, well, it's funny. It's pretty funny. The Jets suck. And I mean, the coin, I don't know if you've seen that. The guy who did a coin toss for every single game in the yes, Jets yeah, for the season. Jets, yeah, he's undefeated. He's, he's spot on right undefeated. now. But I mean, that it's and they ha- he has the Jets losing in the AFC Championship. Yeah, so I I feel like that's not gonna last too long. And I think this might be week. the end of the Jets. This I think this week might be the end of them. Yeah, there's so many chemistry issues. They play there. the Bears next week. I think the Bears could beat them with Justin mm-hmm. Fields. And then the Vikings the week after that, then the Bills, and then the Lions who put up a lot of points, and then they play the Jags, and then they're going to lose to the Seahawks, they're going to lose to the Dolphins. Yeah, it's Geno Smith. They're going to finish under five hundred. Yeah, it's the same old Jets like we're used to seeing. Yep. Um, but with that being said, you can't blame Mac Jones for this offense sucking after this week. This week, I'm talking about in the previous weeks, you can, but this specific week. He did his job, and the offensive line let him down. Um, he went 23 of 27 for 246 yards. If you add a touchdown pass into that, everyone looks at it like, oh, shit, Mac Jones actually had a really good week. But it, it's tough, right? It's tough because the Jets defense is good, but the Patriots offense didn't score. You, The only stat you really have to look at when you evaluate a quarterback is touchdowns, and touchdowns and wins. If you don't score touchdowns but you win, it's not really a quarterback game. Here's the ranking. Here's my power ranking of reasons why the Patriots' offense sucks. One, coaching. Uh, like Matt Patricia is the worst coach, offensive coordinator in the NFL. Two, offensive line. Offensive line. You Mac Jones has less than two seconds to get rid of the ball. And, by, and this is going to go number three, the receivers. The receivers don't look for the ball, right? Yeah. Like our receivers aren't playmakers. They're all a bunch of wide receivers, three and four, two and three, whatever you want to call them. Um our best receiver is Ramondre Stevenson in the backfield. He went six for 56. He's a stud. Our running backs are awesome. And then yeah. I'll put Mac Jones at four on the list of people who I want to blame. Um, 10 points is a disgrace. You should have had a little more. You, you could have made two more field goals. The wind was bad, whatever you play. If you're a football player, you, you deal with the conditions. Both teams are playing in the same conditions. If the Patriots won this game, like 16 to three, it'd be like, okay, it wasn't that bad, but they missed two field goals. That sucks. I mean, the Jets had two yards of offense in the second half. Two yards. Yeah, yeah. That's they averaged they awful. averaged six inches a play in, mm-hmm. in the second half. And Zach Wilson had seventy-seven yards passing. Thirty-four of those was on one play. I mean, I even though he almost screwed up the game, I would say the Jets' best player to or that day was um the punter. Yeah, he punted ten times. For a combined 458 yards, and he had two inside the 20. And, and he, 
I mean, he his job was to pump the ball on that. Like, he's not there to make a tackle. That's all on the other side of the special teams, um, not making a tackle. The, the best player on that team that day was their punter, even though that punt was the reason they lost the game. But I'm not blaming that on the punter. I'm blaming that on the gunners. I'm blaming that on everybody going to try to tackle the returner, and they couldn't. Um, Question. Do you think Matthew Judon deserves a shout-at Defensive Player of the Year? You know, I feel like this year it's more like wide open than it has in years prior. And, you know, it's kind of been Aaron Donald, TJ Watt. And I've been trying to think of like other people who could. It's either him or Micah Parsons, in my opinion. And I was, yeah, I was going to say Micah Parsons. And I think if it comes down to those two, I think they take Micah Parsons just because Dallas his youth, and, I mean, he's almost – he's on the brink of superstardom. So, I think – you know, I've always think thought that voting for these awards across all major sports has kind of just been a popularity contest, and I think that's the reason we we wouldn't see Judon do it. But, I mean – or get it, but he's been doing his thing all year. Um, Did he add any sacks in this game? Yeah, he had one and a half. One and a half. I mean, yeah, he's been – what does that even bring him up to? Like 12, 13? Jeez, yeah, first in the league with that. Um, I mean, I think he deserves a shout at it, but I don't think he's gonna get it. I just yeah. think that he'll, the way that he'll they be in both. the graphic. I, that's all yeah. I really want to see him being in the graphic. At the <laughs> end of the year, it's like three players. It'll be Micah Parsons, Matthew Judon, and uh... Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. They'll throw Aaron Donald just because. Yeah, just Aaron Donald. I mean, he gets triple team in every play, and that's what they'll show um, but yeah, I mean, Matthew Judon's a beast. He's a game record. It's a, he's awesome to watch like him. If you aren't a big football fan, but I doubt you're not a big football fan if you're not listening or if you're listening to this, but yes. if you just watch Matthew Judon, you just realize how like unpredictable he is rushing off the edge. He has so many moves in his bag. It's like, it's great to watch, and um, I hope he does get more respect as the seasons as the season progresses. I mean, last year he was kind of doing the same thing in the first half of the year, and then fell off in the second half. Let's see if he can continue it in the second half and maybe get up to twenty sacks, and then maybe even solidify him as a defensive player of the year. Yeah, I mean, at that point you have to. Yeah. So next game, this is another snooze fest. I mean, there's a lot of. There's no such thing as a bad slate, but there's some snooze fests. There was a lot of good games this week too. Yes. We have the Rams at the Saints, um, twenty-seven to twenty. The Saints win. They approve to four and seven. Oh, the Rams suck. They're done. And, and, 
And you know what the thing is, Stav? It's their best players that's really hurting them. And on the offensive side of the ball, there was no Cooper Cup in this game. There's not going to be Cooper Cup for a while. Um, but, I mean, that running back room has been, like, so weird throughout the season. Daryl Henderson, who got kind of shaken up in this game, they gave the keys to Cam Akers. Um, he ran for 61. Um, I mean, you bring in the backup quarterback in the fourth quarter and he has the second most rushing yards on your team in a game that makes zero sense to me Matthew Stafford 159 yards 11 for 18 imagine a Matthew Stafford led offense only throwing the ball 18 times it's embarrassing um and, and, and what I'm saying about these superstars who have been really hurting them I've been really referring to the defensive side of the ball Aaron Donald who I mean I know he gets double teamed he gets triple teamed every play but we've seen Aaron Donald get double and triple teamed and still make plays. And I, and I feel like after winning a Super Bowl, re- retiring pretty much, and then just randomly coming back, Aaron Donald has kind of been not mentally there. And we saw Chris Olave, a rookie, yeah, burn Jalen Ramsey for a 56-yard touchdown. Bobby Wagner <laughs> was the best person on that defense on Sunday, and the Rams are at three and seven. I mean, that's the definition of a They don't even have their first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, they're awful. They're done. They are awful. They are awful. Yeah, you mean you sell your soul for a Super Bowl. I can't say – I mean, this is like a hypothetical that everyone brings up, right? Like, would you trade in one Super Bowl win for 10 years of mediocrity? Like, most people say, yeah, this is the – this is the prime example of that, right? Like the Ram, this is what the Rams are going to be. They don't have any help coming in. Their salary cap is fucked. They have no draft picks. Um, and no stars are going to want to play there if they suck. So what do they do? Sean McVay said he's, Sean McVay literally said he's going to leave once that core leaves. And that core is going to leave very soon. So they're done. Yes. All right. But on the same yeah, side of the Vikings, Let's give some credit to them a little bit. I mean, Andy Dalton went 21 to 25, 260, and three touchdowns. That's weird. Free Jameis. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Jameis Jameis would have went 22 for 25 for 261 yards and three touchdowns, also five rushing yards. Like, he would have done better. Yeah. Just a little bit better, but he would have done better. He might have thrown a pick, too, but that's fine. No, who cares if he throws a pick? It's Jameis, right? Like, that's what he's supposed to do. They won the game. They're, they're going to win the game no matter what. I, I was yeah. actually convinced they were going to lose this game no matter what. Yeah, so that's stings for them, but whatever. I mean, let's move on to the next game. This was a kind of a surprising game. We have the Detroit Lions at the New York Giants. We all picked the Giants to cover the spread at minus three here, but the Lions won 31-18 on the back of Jamal Williams, who scored three rushing touchdowns. DeAndre Swift is just basically dead. I mean, he scored a touchdown, but is this Jamal Williams' team? He had had 17 carries compared to DeAndre Swift's five. And another fun fact, Jamal Williams leads the league in touchdowns this year right now. Wild. I didn't even know that. Yeah, so, I mean, Jamal Williams is a great back, and he's proved it. And DeAndre Swift, it was funny in hard knocks. Every single week I look at this – Detroit box score, and I see Jamal Williams outperforming him when he has less uh, carries. They finally gave him a chance to have more, and um, you know what? I think this is Jamal Williams' backfield, but 
remember in Hard Knocks when they were telling DeAndre Swift that he could be the best back in the league. And DeAndre Swift, I feel like after that, has just been terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's been it's been very tough to watch DeAndre Swift. And I bet his fantasy owners definitely don't like that either. Um, but it's crazy how he can really not do anything. I mean, he had three receptions for 12 yards. He had five carries for 20. There's 32 yards in a game. Your team still puts up 31, and you're supposed to be their best running back. That's very much so not a good look for you. And I could definitely see Jamal Williams leading this backfield for the rest of the year. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the Lions sit at four and six right now. And, I mean, the Vikings are kind of teetering right now. Who knows what's going to happen in the last month of the year? I don't think that the Lions are even going to win the division. But they could finish second in the division. You never know. I mean, the Packers stink. And um, it could be they could just finish second in the division, which would be a surprise. They're getting Jameson Williams back, a guy, their first-round wide receiver who's recovering from a torn yeah. ACL. They're getting him back. This receiving core is something you have to kind of look at now. You have Amon Ross St. Brown. You have, you're adding Jameson Williams. I mean, Cleve Raymond's kind of done his thing. But it, it's – they have three solid receivers now. I mean, if Jameson Williams can even be a shell of what he was at Alabama, this adds a different element to this Lions team that even will open up the running game. This team probably isn't a team you want to see down the stretch. Yeah. No, they really aren't. They're dangerous. They're a team that, I mean, there's no chance they make the playoffs at this point, but they're out there to ruin everybody else's playoff chances. And that's exactly what you want to see from a team of this stature, to be honest. they have no reason not to. I mean, they have the Rams' first-round pick. So if they finish the season around 500, they still get a top-five pick probably. Yeah. Which is awesome for them. Like, this is like the best-case scenario. This is why you rebuild for instances like this. So shout-out the Lions. Uh, they're a fun team, well-coached. you got to love the Lions. Next game on the slate, we have – we're moving to the 4 o'clock slate now. We have the Las Vegas Raiders at the Denver Broncos, two of the worst teams in the NFL – um, but Devontae Adams is awesome, right? Yeah. I mean, he had a nasty first half. He had a terrible second half, and then over time, he caught a 50-yard touchdown. And so, Derek, that, Derek Carr on that throw, that was a great throw by Derek that Carr. Was, and, that and was awesome. I should have put money on this game going into OT. I feel like there was no chance it was not going into OT. These two teams are so similar, and, I mean, it shows how – I mean, they're both three and seven. They both are – just bad in general for different reasons, though. The Raiders, I really think it's their defense. You know, their offense started off very slowly. But once they got Josh Jacobs going, they were a whole different beast. The thing is, they really haven't been feeding Josh Jacobs as much as they should be. Even with 24 carries, 109 yards in this game. I'm talking about weeks prior where the the games that they lose, you go look at the box score and you're like, wait, why did Josh Jacobs only carry the ball nine times, ten times? And, and then they go out, win three – I guarantee three of those games, I don't have the stats in front of me. All three of those games, Josh Jacobs, or that they've won, Josh Jacobs has had over 20 carries and over 100 yards. I, yeah. I can almost guarantee it. Devontae Adams did exactly what Devontae Adams should be doing every week, seven receptions, 141 yards, and two touchdowns. He's the best player on this team, period, on both sides of the ball. <coughs> and, and it's obvious. So, I mean, just feed him the ball. This is a team that they should beat in Denver, and they beat them in the NFC or the AFC West, excuse me, who everybody, including us, were saying was going to be the best, best, best division this season. We were very wrong. Everyone was wrong. Everyone was wrong because everybody said that. And 
shout out Derek Carr. I mean, he's faced a lot of criticism and he still stood in. Yeah. He had a pretty good game, 23, 37, 307, two touchdowns, both of them to being or both of them to Devontae Adams, but he set them up to tie this game at the end of the fourth quarter. I didn't know if you caught that, where Josh Jacobs ran a wheel route and Derek Carr put it right on the money. They had a chance to win this yes. game in regulation. Like they, they had a few shots at the end zone, nothing really worked. So they took their three, went into overtime and scored right away. So they did their job. They won the game. They improved to three and seven. The Broncos fall to three and seven. Russell Wilson has more bathrooms in his house and he has touchdown passes on the year. You pay a guy 200 how many? 280 million dollars or so, and he has seven touchdown passes, five interceptions. He gets paid. He gets paid more every three days than their backup gets paid for the whole year. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, they suck. and also, uh, if you want the exact numbers on bathroom to touchdown ratio, it's twelve bathrooms to seven touchdowns. Yeah, that's not a good ratio. That's from that. I didn't look at it. I saw it yesterday, and I cannot forget something like that. I that's am. I am a Russell Wilson hater. Yeah. I mean, I have a Super Bowl jersey framed right over there. I am a, but I am a Russell Wilson hater yeah. until further note. Until he retires, then Russell Wilson is back to be my favorite quarterback of all time. Okay. Next game on the slate, we have the Dallas Cowboys at the mm. Minnesota Vikings. This is probably the most surprising game of the week. We all thought that yeah. this was going to be a great game. Um, I think I took the Vikings in this game. You did. You took the Vikings plus one and a half, but that wasn't even a bad pick. Like the Vikings, it really was. Big like, I'm not mad home. about it. Like they got smoked. The Cowboys really they came off of a bad loss. I mean, this is a prime example of a team coming off of a great win versus a team coming off of a bad loss that they should have won. How momentum and motivation could be switched like that, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, Tony Pollard is a beast. He is a top tier running back. He does it receiving. He does it rushing. And then you add Zeke into that mix as well. Now he's healthy. You have great receivers with C.D. Lamb, Noah Brown stepping up, and they're probably going to sign Odell. This Cowboys team is legit in their defense. I, I think I don't know what the odds are, Stav, but I think the best the best bet would be Odell to go to the Cowboys and, yeah. and Tony Pollard and Zeke, who you said they both had two touchdowns. Zeke ran for forty two. They both had fifteen carries, which I think they should split reps one hundred percent. Even yeah. though Zeke is kind of the premier back, Tony Pollard, I mean, is just someone that gets it done. He knows exactly what to do at every moment in time. He had 189 all-purpose yards, two touchdowns in this game. Tony Pollard, that's one of the that's one of the best performances we've seen all year from anybody. Yeah, and he's just like the epitome of doing his job. He, I, I never, you never hear Tony Pollard complaining. Nope. <laughs> um. <laughs> It was my candle. It just fell. It wasn't on. Thank God it wasn't lit. What the hell did that fall? <laughs> um, what? All right. Anyways, um, you never hear Tony Pollard complaining. And even though his owner and the GM consistently basically bashes him, yes. right? Like Tony Pollard steps in for Zeke as the RB1. And has three great weeks. Not good. He has great weeks, right? He's scoring multiple touchdowns every single week. He's having consistently over 100 total yards. And the owner and the GM is like, yeah, Zeke's still our guy regardless of what Tony Pollard does. So Tony Pollard's probably – he's a free agent this upcoming season. He's probably going to get the bag. He's probably going to leave Dallas, and they're going to be like, shoot, we should have given him the bag instead of Zeke. But that's besides the point. The Dallas defense, though. Wow. Like – 
Trayvon Diggs is kind of known for being like a guy it's an interception or giving up a touchdown, but mm-hmm. he clamped Justin Jefferson this week. Yeah. And off of a career week from Justin Jefferson, Trayvon Diggs held him to what, three for 23 or something along those lines? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, he had um, three for 30, excuse me. Three for 33, no touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. And they sacked Kirk Cousins seven times. Micah Parsons had two sacks. Micah um, Parsons was all over the field. That yeah. Day. He does everything. He's awesome. He really- I, Micah Parsons is awesome. And it wasn't even like the Vikings were turning the ball. Like, usually when you see a blowout like this, 40 to three, it's one team's turning over. The, they weren't turning over the ball. They only have one turnover. And it, it's just crazy to me. And it means Dak Prescott didn't get sacked once. Your starting quarterback doesn't get sacked. That's a recipe for success. Um, yeah, shout out. Shout and I mean, Kirk got, Kirk got sacked seven times. Yeah. So, That's- yeah, I mean, overall domination from mm-hmm. the NFC East. Um, it, it's a bad look for Minnesota, a team that, you know, goes out, they're eight and one, and they're, I mean, fighting to potentially get that number one spot in the NFC. And here comes Dallas and, here comes New York, and there's a lot of teams that are up there right now. It's going to be very, very difficult for any team that doesn't win their division to make a wild card right now. It's going to be very difficult. And it's going to be a fun show out of the NFC. I, I think I'm more excited to see how this race ends in the NFC than I am in the AFC. But I think this is, I mean, this is one of the best NFL years we've had. 100%. Everybody's like, just winning. No one knows what's going to happen like the next week. Right, like it's so unpredictable. I mean, we had our by far the best week as a podcast predicting the spreads. I went eighty-two. You went sixty-four percent. Will also went eighty-two. Who's not here right now? Um, But it's just like there's so much uncertainty. Any, it's like the saying goes: any any given Sunday, right? And it's it's just crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy, and this is why we love football, right? The uncertainty, the unpredictable, like how. Anything can happen and any team can win and make it win in any single way. Let's look at, I mean, across the league, you had a punt return touchdown for the win. You had an absolute blowout between two teams that should be winning. Um, you had a team that have to go to a completely different city to play their game because they got snowed in. It's And you have the Colts, a brand-new fresh team, or a brand-new head coach, only losing by one against an 8-1 and one team. It's just wild, absolutely wild. And this is why we love football. This is why it's our favorite sport. Exactly. And all right, next game on the list, we have the Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, this game was 37 to 30, but it wasn't really this close. Uh, the Bengals kind of really controlled the narrative. They didn't have Joe Mixon in the uh, second half. I, I think he got hurt in the second quarter. Um, I want to say he got hurt early second quarter, if not first quarter. Yeah. Because Samad J.P. Ryan took over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, um, Joe Burrow had a game. I mean, he threw two picks, but one of them was TJ Watt. Absolutely making one of the best plays you'll ever see a defensive end make. I, I You can't blame Joe Burrow for that. But the other one was tipped at the line, too. T. Higgins, 9 for 148. And you had Samaje Pirine, four receptions, 52 yards, and three touchdowns. And you have Trent Irwin scoring a touchdown. I mean, they're distributing the wealth, and Jamar Chase is coming back probably this week. Watch out for the Bengals. That's all I'm saying. Like I said before, watch out for the Bengals. 
that's a quality divisional win without your best receiver. And we've been waiting for T. Higgins to step up, and he finally did it. And if he can continue to do this, and Tyler Boyd, who only had two for 42, he had a great grab to really save them on a third down conversion as well. He's kind of the security blanket of this team at this point. And, I mean, if P. Ryan and Mixon can be a duo this year for, for the rest of the year, then I would look out for the Bengals one game behind in the or in the AFC North. I, I would look out for them to beat the Ravens the next time they play them and end up taking over the North and, and getting the two or the three seed. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, anything can happen. I mean, shout out the Steelers competed. Um, they're not good, but whatever. I don't really have much to say about them. No, no, right. I have nothing to say about the Steelers. Yeah. All right, we'll go to Sunday night. This was probably the game of the week. Uh, we had the Kansas City Chiefs going to L.A. to face our Chargers. And Patrick Mahomes is an alien. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's on and Justin Herbert, who I want to say has been hurt since – you know, the last time they played Kansas City, Herbert's been doing everything he can. You know, 280 yards, two touchdowns. He had his receiver come back and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen today. And and Mike Williams went back out early in the first quarter with his ankle. Austin Eckler has been putting on a show. This, is a, this was a good performance. But when you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, it almost seems like it's impossible at this point. And Isaiah Pacheco, the rookie, who, I mean, they drafted him not knowing what position he was going to play. Here he is at running back, and he is doing a great job. 107 yards on the ground. I mean, you have, obviously, Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the game right now, six for 115 and three touchdowns. Three touchdowns, yeah. That just feels like it's a normal performance out of him, which is kind of crazy. Did he score all of their touchdowns? I think he did. Yes. Scored all of their touchdowns. Yeah, he did. That's crazy. Justin Herbert – I don't know what to think of him right now, right? Like, I think they're not in the playoffs as of right now. I mean, he's had his hurt. No, they're not. Five and he's, five. Been, he's been injured. It's it's tough because we love the Chargers. It's just like he consistently kind of lets us down in some sort of way where, like, this game he threw the game losing interception. Um, yeah. It's it just like – Sucks, right? He gets put. He gets put in these situations where he has to go out and figure it out himself. Because um, our coach, who was a very analytically, I, I don't even want to say smart anymore, just an analytical coach, goes out and is like, "Wait, yeah, I have Justin Herbert. Herbert, here's a play. Go see what you can do." And, and kind of puts him up in, in positions for him to fail. And the times that we see him succeed in those positions is when we're like, wow, Justin Herbert's going to be a bright, shining star in this league. And then when he fails, you put the blame back on him, but you don't understand how bad the play calling is in L.A. They have horrific play calling when it comes down to that last uh, drive. Every single time you see a good ball or a good play, uh, on a potential game winning or a potential game tying, just a last minute drive from Justin Herbert. That is 100% Justin Herbert. And anytime you see, I mean, a mistake, and I'm not saying it's every time it's not Justin Herbert's fault, but a lot of the times I've seen a lot of play calls where it's like, all right, it's third and seven, there's two minutes left, 
And all of a sudden, Justin Herbert's running around the field checking audibles, checking audibles. I mean, I don't even know what play they're the coach is telling them to run because Justin Herbert is changing the whole offense because something is wrong. And that leads to a scramble. And I mean, it's, it's been tough to watch and Herbert's, I mean, 23 for 30, 280 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw that pick, but he's, I mean, in my opinion, he's doing all he can. And Joshua Palmer is his leading receiver throughout like the past four or five weeks. And I mean, that's not somebody you want to be your leading receiver. You have two wide receiver ones on your team who can't stay healthy he, uh, Austin Eckler has been amazing the whole time. Um, and that defense has a lot of figuring out to do if, if they want to, I mean, really make a push for the playoffs at this point. 100%. You, I mean, you bring up a great point. Um, I do think that they'll figure it out. I, I want to say that they will. want to hope, you know? Yeah. Now that they're, they're coming back healthy. I mean, the next two weeks, they have the Cardinals and they have the Raiders. This is a perfect opportunity for them to go seven and five. And then you have the Dolphins, which would be a real test. Yeah. Um, if they can win that game, then they're completely back. And then you look at the road ahead from that. It's the, tar- it's the Titans, Colts, Rams, and Broncos. They can beat all those teams. Exactly. So they, they could basically win out and silence us. Or they could even they could easily go eleven and six, and that's a successful season. But who knows if that's going to be good enough to make the playoffs in the AFC, which is crazy to say. Like, yeah, I know. But, but, I mean, and it's not even just the AFC. We're looking at teams in the NFC as well who are over 500, mm-hmm. not in the playoffs right now. Uh, this is one of the better years of football. 100%. Um, let's move on to Monday Night Football. We have the 49ers facing the Cardinals in Mexico. The Mexico over, Griff. I mean. I mean, the ball is flying. The ball is always flying. I, I did hit a bet on this game. Thank God. Thank God. I had um, – San Fran money line parlayed mm-hmm. with um, DeAndre Hopkins over 74 and a half. I've been doing this thing where I take one from each side because, you know, you got to disperse the wealth. DeAndre Hopkins hit his over at the beginning of the second quarter. That was electric. And then from there on out, it was pretty evident that San Fran was going to win. Um, San Fran is Mexico's team. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo, four touchdowns. Yeah. If you, you let Jimmy Garoppolo go for 228 and four touchdowns, um, that's wild. I mean, Debo Samuel had a rushing touchdown. George Kittle had two touchdowns receiving him. So did Ayuk. Like, yep. this is literally the perfect recipe for a 49ers win. That I mean, is a that is a 49ers win right there. And McCaffrey had over 100 yards total. Like, yep. this was a great win for them. Yeah, I, I would say if anything, like the textbook 49er win would be if – um. Excuse me, if Ayuk scored one last touchdown and you gave that touchdown to CMC. That would have been textbook. But I'm glad they didn't. I was going up against McCaffrey this week in fantasy. It was Debo against McCaffrey. I had Debo. My opponent had McCaffrey. Debo just had to match him. Debo did his job. And I and I beat the number one seed in our fantasy, in my big money fantasy league. It was a dude, it was a big week for me. It's a huge win. Um Let's talk about Arizona's side. Kyler Murray hasn't played since the new Call of Duty drop. Coincidence? No. Um, <laughs> Colt McCoy had his worst game as a starter for the Cardinals. And then Trace McSorley can't. All right, there were some funny moments in this game. One of them when we were in PlayStation Party and Brock Purdy tried to, like, hand the ball off and completely missed. Like, yeah, just. Was, <laughs> that was yeah. And he dove for it. He got, like, six yards out of it. Good for him. But um, Trace McSorley came in. I don't know if you saw this, but he was like, this was towards the end of the game. He was scrambling to his right and he just threw, it looked like he had a wide open receiver by the way he threw it. And he just threw it right at, um, 
I forgot who threw who got the interception. It was I think it was um, it was Samuel Womack. It was either him or uh, yeah, it was it, it was Womack. This was fun. Hold on, let's see if this is the video. This is bad journalism, but there's probably gonna be an ad. Yeah, no, <laughs> but it, it was really funny. It was really funny, and I cannot wait to for this ad to end. I hate ads. And I, I also want to say I love how Brock Purdy came in for two drives, did not throw a ball once. All right, nice quality we have here. Oh, yeah, here we go. There's no one over there. Nobody's over there. Nobody. Yeah, check out the YouTube if you want to see that clip. Um, <laughs> there but, no yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a bad performance from Arizona, something that we've been expecting, though, because this team has been terrible. Their next few games are against the Chargers. Like we said, the Chargers obviously going up against Arizona. And then they play the Patriots the week after that stuff. So, I, I, um, you know, you got to hope for the Pats there, yeah. Um, but I mean, after that, it's kind of a tough road. You got the Broncos who I think the Broncos could beat the Cardinals just in the slate of when that game is. And, you know, there's really not going to be any implications of that game. And then you got the Bucks, you got the Falcons, you got the 49ers again, the the Cardinals season is over and Kyler Murray sucks too. You said Colt McCoy played his worst game as a Cardinal. That is correct. I think Kyler Murray would have done worse than Colt McCoy did in this game. And the ball was flying. The altitude at um, a stadio as Tekka. I mean, we we should have one game there a week. That was awesome. I actually loved that game. Yeah, it was that, a fun that, game to watch. Even though it was, it was a blow, electric, it was a fun game. It was an electric uh, atmosphere. It really was. It really was. Mexico knows how to do it. Yeah. So good for them. In that. Oh no, we let's go over our player props. Yeah. Um, there's only I did okay. I mean, not really okay. I actually don't think I hit one. Did I? No. <laughs> but I mean, it's are terrible. we gonna let, let's? I think I. I mean, Monday nights. I know I had Jonathan. So out of every, I'm gonna read them all. Ready? Yep. So for me, Damian or Nick Chubb, two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor touchdown, CD Lamb two touchdowns, Mike Williams any touchdown, George Kittle, DeAndre Hopkins, Debo Samuel, James Conner, Elijah Mitchell. So out of that, Jonathan Taylor, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and James Conner were the only ones who did. So I went four for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I went four for nine. Not awful, but still, it was all volume Monday night. Then you had Damian Pierce, AJ Brown, no touchdowns in the Rams and Saints, and you picked the final score to be nine to three. Um, <laughs> you had the Griff special, the Daniel Jones rushing plus Saquon. You got the Daniel Jones rushing one. Yeah. I was I right when that happened, I was like, no way, this actually hits close. And then you have Mixon two touchdowns. He went hurt. He got out injured, or he was injured early. And then you had Elijah and CMC. Then Will, Terry McLaurin, Ramondre Stevenson, the Giants defense. Hayden Hurst, and then he parlayed to Herbert over passing yards and Eckler two touchdowns. Ah, sucks. But he got the over at Herbert, though. Yeah, only half, but he parlayed it. I was like, are you sure he he parlayed it? Yeah, he parlayed it. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, a tough week of props, but a great week of spreads over unders. That's W week from us. Um, Before we close out, I want to say – 
it's hard to win it. It's hard to win a World Cup game when you're going up against the refs. You USA got screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, free us. I mean, it's it's almost embarrassing. It, it really is. And Wales had no business. I mean, that penalty. That penalty. I just need to recap this real quick, stop because I really need to get this off my chest. The penalty was a fair call. Breaking news: Cristiano Ronaldo is to leave Manchester United by mutual agreement, effective immediately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was almost a long time coming. Um, I don't know if you saw any of like the interviews that he had, Ronaldo, where he was just blatantly disrespecting the manager, and, and then the manager had to go into an interview and be like. Yeah, we pretty much just want him to go whenever he can, like at this point, because of how disrespectful he is. And I mean, yeah, he's the second greatest football player of all time behind Lionel Messi, of course, um, who took a tough loss today. But back to USA, the pen that got called for Gareth Bale was a fair call. Other than that, Captain America, Christian Pulisic, I mean, it was almost disrespectful how bad the officiating was towards USA. Um, and, you know, on Friday, we got a big one. The Revolutionary War is on. USA is beating England on Friday. They're beating yeah. England. I don't care about how good England did against Iran. That's Iran. You have never seen the Yanks at this power. We are going to go be off. Josh Sargent, our redheaded believer, is going to go crazy. Matt Turner, who didn't play soccer until he was 16 years old, is our starting goalkeeper. I mean, what what kind of – destiny would this be without us beating england here on friday on black friday this is for america it's called soccer we hope you guys have a great week we will catch you guys for week 12 where i hit my lock of the week where i go over 60 percent on my yeah. spreads not the thanksgiving on special yes yes that will be out on thanksgiving i am guaranteeing it because this is Tuesday we're recording, and we will be recording on Wednesday before I go out. You know how the night before Thanksgiving goes. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We will catch you guys in a couple days, and peace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.